strike up the band. It's time to talk about your favorite sporting sports team and where they reside on the map and sports geography in general. This is one that uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, here, Mr. Ackman, today to talk about geography in the sporting world. And does it make sense? Does it not make sense? Most of the time it doesn't, but some of the time it's it's unavoidable. Uh, because of kind of where teams sit on the map. So I'll, I'll leave the floor open to you. Where would you like to start? You want to start professional, collegiate, basketball, football, baseball, hockey? Where do you want to start here? Well, uh, well okay, since, since it also involves money, sometimes these divisional mm-hmm. alignments are based on cash, right? Uh, rivalry, maybe, but more than likely it's cash. So I would say we should start our U.S. Bank segment with the NHL. Now that they've added... Not only did they do a divisional stuff, which you could talk about is interesting, but I think we also have sponsors now. So yep. that's a bonus, right? So that's that's where I'd like to start. And I, I, I mean, and geography for political reasons, right? So Canada said we, I, they don't really want people traveling between the north and south mm-hmm. right now. Yep. And so they told the Raptors, why don't you guys go to Florida, and. But hockey, we want. Hockey, we can make an accommodation for. Basketball, get out. Hockey, you need to stay here. So now there's this whole Canadian division, which I'm sorry, I shouldn't call it that. It's not a Canadian division. It is the Scotia North Division. So are those teams – now, I I think I have a good idea of how this is going to go. Don's going to be kind of the expert on the professional stuff. I think I'll have I'll, I'll I'm really excited to provide insight on the on the college stuff with conference realignment and that. Um, but anyway, yes. getting getting back to to this with the um, with hockey is here's my question: Will teams in Canada be able to try, or is or are they going to be able to play American teams, or is it all Canada and that's it for the whole season? I think you're just playing within your division, so for I think you're year. just okay. going to see hmm. now. What's really interesting is you kind of have, in a way, you have pockets, right? Because you have Toronto, Montreal, and um, Toronto, and Ottawa. Toronto, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. They're kind of north and yep. east, right? Northeast, and then yep. you have your teams that are not very close nearby in, well, Winnipeg's kind of in the middle, but then you have Vancouver, which is on the coast, and Edmonton and Calgary. So you kind of have this schism if you will where you you almost have an east and west subdivision that you could in theory play off of if you wanted to but yeah that that that's all one division now the whole canada and i i suspect that that is a money move as well as political because there's a lot of interest in canada and hockey night in canada will basically be every night will be hockey night in canada (laughs) because it'll be canada versus canada in canada Tune in tonight. You I can't miss it. I like it, uh, but here's the problem with the future: is that with Seattle coming into the league uh, to get to an even 32, which would in theory equate into four um, seventeen or eighteen divisions. Right now, the Canadian teams there's seven of them, and when you get Seattle to be number 32, now you're you're kind of the odd man out, and then you you'll need to go back eventually to the divisions. I think they're looking to have a Vancouver-Seattle type of rivalry right across oh, the border there. Absolutely. Um, so, unfort- I'm all for Canada. Um, you know, if they had some – obviously, you can't predict this kind of thing in the movement that we have had to deal with as a sports world, but if you kind of had this forward-thinking thing, maybe 
you could have seen the return. And I know a lot of people around the hockey world have been yearning for this is the return of the Nordiques um, mm-hmm. up in, in Quebec City. They got the arena. They got the fan base. Why don't we have a team? You know, there's teams like Arizona that can barely fill half of the arena, you know, in Florida. When and not- now there's a hole in your division. Exactly. You got to fill that. I, relocation is their best bet at this point. And you look at Arizona, probably Florida, Carolina. If Carolina is good, they, they fill the rank. If they're not, they don't. The Islanders were actually down there in attendance um, mm-hmm. a little bit ago, but now that they're they, they're going to build an arena back on Long Island, I think that attendance will will go up. I think when they moved away from Long Island, they're to the Barclays Center. That's when their attendance went down. Um, but it, it's very interesting. I love the all Canadian concept um, because you have so many Canadian teams. Yep. I think it would be natural just to have their own type of thing i always thought what would be cool because you have the um the various hockey leagues up there in canada i always thought it'd be cool to have a professional canadian league and a professional american league and kind of like eastern western conference and canada plays u.s for Every the year. stanley cup basically so you would have oh gosh let's see if i could remember it's been so long uh, the prince of wales trophy is what the yes. eastern conference and the Western Conference, you're a Kings fan. Fill me in here. What's the Western okay, Conference Okay, can, can we take a hard left there? Because <laughs> because I really want to. So we have like, you know, so you're going to add the Seattle team. They're yep. going to have to be in the new Honda West division, right? The Kraken. So that means you're the Kraken. That's right. What's Kraken? What's Kraken <laughs> is St. Louis is probably getting booted from that division. They're going to have to go somewhere. And then you'll see this whole shuffling happening, right? If they decide to keep this. But you brought up something that that just inspired me. The Kings used to be in the Smythe division. Oh, and, yes, when they named them after Hall of Famers. Yes. And and part of me is thinking to myself, yep. you got rid of that, and then you went with something bizarre like the Metropolitan Division, which, what? Like, not not all those teams played in – I mean, I, I suppose they all played in metropolitan areas if you want yeah. to be technical, but it's that wasn't very interesting or exciting. And – Maybe people were maybe people were complaining like, oh, I don't really know like what the Smythe division means. Does that mean they're what does that mean? Is there are they in a location or something? So then they went with this whole central and east and west and south. And it's like I, I just thought, man, if you're going to have stupid names and you're going to have messed up geography, why not go back to that era and that wonderful idea of we'll honor our heroes and nowadays, I think there's a bigger push for that is more than ever because you see, like, uh, Willie Ree, you're honoring him now with a patch. They're talking about putting a patch on the uh, helmets for Martin Luther King Day. This is a great opportunity to find, to take your diversity and your history, and you could name your divisions with, I guess, now that – and then, well, hang on. I just talked myself out of it because you can't, <laughs> you can't sponsor it. You can't have the – the Discover Gretzky uh, not? division. Well, it seems it'd be wouldn't it be weird when you dishonor a guy by linking him to a sponsor? Yeah, I guess what if the guy hates the sponsor? You know, right? I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want the Coca Cola Don division. If, if if I'm a big Mountain Dew fan, I mean that's going to be a problem. So never mind. I thought it was really cool <laughs> that they used to do it, but now if you're going to allow sponsors to sponsor your division names. I mean, heck, they sponsor the doors at the at different stadiums, right? You come in the like yep. U.S. Bank gate now, and 
No, it's not like Northwest Gate. It's like, the, where's the what? What? I don't know. What is U.S. Bank? Which is that the North Corner? Where am I going? I know. So you the kind Fleet of Fleet Farm so, entrance at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. I don't know why I remember that, but Fleet Farm. <laughs> or was that the parking lot? They either sponsor an entrance or a parking lot. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah. um, yes, I, 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 well, the reason why they went away from the names is because they wanted to attract a mainstream, more people to the sport. And like you said, well, if a, if a new person comes in and they watch, well, well, here's Detroit champions of the Norris division, just beating out Chicago and St. Louis. Yes. Well, what does that mean? What, what, what's the Norris division? You know, they don't know what that means. What's Smythe? What's, what's all this stuff? They don't, they don't understand that. They understand Isn't Central. It? Well, Central's, are, oh, yeah, that's the middle of the United States. Oh, it's geography. Atlantic and Metro, oh, it's out there. Pacific is out west. So I think that's why they did that. Hockey has been trying to do that over the years. The NHL is they've been trying to attract a more mainstream audience, and they want it to be the four major sports. And you watch any sports talk show in the mornings and any major sports talk show, and we all know it's – three major sports because they, they never talk about hockey because if they did, they wouldn't know what they were talking about. Um, and let's be honest, they barely talk about baseball either. It's, yeah. it's slowly but surely sports is slowly but surely becoming two major sports. And then basically tiers. you got tier one is football and basketball. Tier two is uh, what a baseball and hockey and like tier two B is soccer, soccer and yep. major league soccer. I think it's becoming a little more popular. What did I read the other day that uh, Messi, was it Messi or Ronaldo wanted to come play in the United States? Um, wow. Crazy stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe I dreamt that. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But uh, that's kind of how sports is going. But geogra- I love I love Canada. Uh, I, I like that. And maybe in the future, hey, you can re- relocate the Florida Panthers up to Quebec. You can relocate um, Arizona yeah. over to Quebec. Yeah, because you said right now, oddly enough, Florida – and Tampa Bay are in the Discover Central. Tampa Division. Bay's in there too. I knew Florida was too. Yeah, that, and that doesn't make a lot of sense. You could you could have renamed the divisions for this year, like you could have. And that's what they did with the North. You know, I don't know why you couldn't have called it the East because I don't think there was an East. Um, no, nope. you know, so you know, most of those um, teams could be considered East. Um, but it's so hard, it's, you know, when you when you kind of pick and choose these these teams. You don't pick and choose teams like in a professional sports league where you got these thirty two teams. You don't pick and choose them evenly distributed geographically across the United States. You put them where the people are. Okay, you put them on the uh, in New York City, Philadelphia, Boston. You put them on the East Coast. You put them on the West Coast, and you fill in in the middle where you can. You know, mm-hmm. so that because you want to draw the most the most fans and the most people, and sometimes geography doesn't always play nice when you names your di- name your divisions after a geographical uh, location. Which is funny because I would think I don't know. Do you really attract more fans by having your divisions named after geography instead of oh no and you, that, historical that's, that's more of to get it into the mainstream? I think, like we said before, is because they Did didn't know work, who though? these. I, that's I'm, that's what they said. I, I I don't think it matters. I really I don't think anybody that watches hockey, you're going to get people, like I said, these mainstream fans that will watch the Stanley Cup Finals that say, oh, what's the Patrick division? Oh, what's the Adam? They'll think about it for two seconds, and they'll be like, oh, it's a division. Okay, they won the division. Cool. You know, yeah. So I don't think it really matters that much. 
in the end. I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep over it. Well, you know, they, what's the Adams division? That doesn't make any sense. I always thought like they lost some charm when they got rid of that because yeah. it was it different. It was very anything. different because you had all the geography and all the other sports, um, but NHL was different. And then I just pulled it up. You got the Wales Conference and the mm-hmm. Campbell Conference, not Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Yep. Uh, so you had the two conferences per se. So that's interesting. And I think that's that was cool. And it may, maybe they'll go back to it someday, but I think it made hockey unique. It's just one of those little nice touches that made it made it very cool. And you and that way you're not married to geography. I mean, right now, even the year before, you had Nashville in the Central Division. I guess technically they're in the central of the United States. If you don't, you know, they're not on the coast, <laughs> so I guess they're in the central, right? But uh, they seem more of like an eastern team. They, when I think of Nashville, Tennessee, I don't think, yep, that's in the middle of the United States. You know, that's just not what I think of. No, I, and I think that's kind of funny because I was, one, I was thinking a little bit about that and thinking to myself, isn't it funny, where is the Midwest? I mean, it technically starts at the Appalachian Mountains and it goes to the Rockies. This right? is a great. Oh boy, you you talked to this is you talked to some people in the Midwest, and this is a uh, and a, this is a point of uh, great argument. Uh, yeah. Know, so if you bring it up, for example, and this is where we're going to transition, folks. This is what we call a segue. The Midwest, <laughs> great example. Um, for years and years and years, the college conference of the Midwest was the Big Ten, right? And then they forgot how to count. <laughs> um, right, and who was in that? Ohio was in there. Is Ohio in the Midwest? Hmm? You know, kind of. I look at two uh, iterations of this, and Ohio is highlighted in one of them, and they're hi- not highlighted in another. Well, is Ohio the East? Is Ohio the Appalachian Range? Is you know where where do you draw that line uh, in terms of the Midwest? For example, I'm looking at another map: Kansas and Nebraska are highlighted as a part of the Midwest in one of them, and they're not highlighted in the part of the other. Those two states are not in the Midwest. They're in the Plains. Okay? <laughs> the Plains, and I don't even know if I'd call the Dakota. You're from South Dakota. I, I live or, and I lived in North Dakota. I'm not sure if I'd call that the Midwest, and I'm not sure if I'd call that the Plains. i just call uh, it the Dakotas. <laughs> luckily, luckily uh, I have family that live there, and luckily, it's it's actually you have a nice little delineator called the Missouri River, yeah. and you have what they say East River and West River. East River is farming kind of communities, plus of course you have like the big the, some of the metro- metropolitan areas, and then the western side, the West River, is ranching. So you actually have two mindsets, and some people have said there should be an East Dakota and West Dakota, not a North Dakota and South Dakota. Yes. A thousand percent. North Dakota and South Dakota are basically exactly the same. And here I'm going to tell you why. There's a body of, you mentioned the Missouri River, there's a body of water called the Red River. Um, North Dakota and South Dakota um, kind of share it as it kind of divides North Dakota to Minnesota, South Dakota to Minnesota. Um, Not the Red River you're thinking of, uh, Texas and Oklahoma people. Um, (laughs) But um, it goes down and... Here's the thing. In North Dakota, you've got Fargo and Grand Forks right on the border of Minnesota. 
And then you got Bismarck in the middle and nothing out west. And Bismarck is barely anything in the middle of the state. South Dakota is very similar. You've got Sioux Falls, and you, you might be able to correct me more on South Dakota um, on this one. You've got Sioux Falls out there. Um, Aberdeen is kind of in the east. Uh, who, it's what, northeast. Northeast. North. What, 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 else, what else besides Sioux Falls is out there? I think you've there? got Sioux Falls. You're going to hit Mitchell. Mitchell, Then you've yep. got Chamberlain on the river, and Chamberlain's not that big. You have Pier, which is actually not really on the interstate, so it's yeah. it's kind of in its own spot. And then you get past the Badlands, and you've got Rapid City. Exactly. What All of the people are in the east on in both states. That's that's kind of the point. You got a one of the st- a city or two in the middle, and a whole bunch of whole bunch of nothing. And I don't mean nothing in a bad way. I mean nothing in a good way. It is very scenic. No, I'm serious. Yeah, it's very yeah, no, scenic when I'm when you're driving out there. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a whole bunch of nothing." He's 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 knocking on the Dakotas. I'm not knocking on the. I love driving through the Dakotas. It's it's boring, and you need some some rock music to keep you awake. But um, there's some great sites, especially when you're driving on the western part of the state. As Don mentioned, the Badlands in both North and South Dakota. There are some great sites, some great roadside attractions um, as well, if you maybe get off the, the beaten path, so to speak, a little bit. So, um, North Yeah, South I highly Dakota. recommend the drive. And, I mean, especially, like, if you're driving through there on the summer, to watch a thunderstorm roll over the plains, that mm. is amazing. Want to hear a that story? That is amazing. And it could be scary as heck if you get stuck in it. Okay, so here's the story for you. Um, so we're driving. This is our Bridget and I's engagement trip. We are driving from South Dakota into, what would that be, Wyoming. Wyoming. Or Colorado, depending on where you're popping. Yeah, we you're were, probably... going to, we're going towards Yellowstone there and into yep. Montana. Wyoming. Um, so we're driving through South Dakota. And huge dark clouds, huge storm. Driving, we ended up driving through this thunderstorm, and and I'm like, wow, are we in Twister? Are we in, you know, you always think of these other things. You always think of the pop culture things. Oh, look at the storm. There's going to be a tornado, and there's going to be a cow blowing across the street, you know. So, uh, but that was pretty, it is pretty like when you're out there by yourself, and you get a huge thunderstorm over a whole bunch of nothing, because we've all seen the movies of Twister and other tornado movies. It's it's flat. That's where that's where tornadoes like to live. You know, the the wind gets broken up if you get into hills and valleys and stuff. So it's the flat land where the where the big damage comes from a tornado. So you know, a little freaked out, but uh, but it ended up yeah, we ended up surviving, which and, and enjoying the trip, which was the important a lot part. of times you can see those storms way off in the distance, and you can really like take them in and enjoy them because a lot of times when you're in the city, you don't get that horizon type perspective so i really enjoy that and you were talking about like what do you call like i was going to pick on minnesota and wisconsin you know when it comes to football their professional football teams are in the north division right yep in in baseball they are central Mm -hmm. we're in the central division okay in hockey uh there's one team in the nhl that they're in the central division in basketball, the Bucks are in the Central Division, while the Timberwolves are in the Northwestern Division. Now, I'm we're not northwest of most of the country, but we're northwest when it comes to basketball. And then in WNBA, there's no team in the, in Wisconsin, but the uh, 
links are in the Western Conference, and they've kind of gone away from divisions and right. just been, you know, let's just let's just play, let's just build schedules for the playoffs. So you, so even you can kind of see in sports, they don't know what Minnesota is. Is it Central? Is it Northwest? Is it North? Not really sure. And then I guess since they're part of the Big Ten, clearly you've said they're a Midwestern team because that's what the Midwest and the Big Twelve are. Yeah, there's a there's a um, YouTube channel out there. I think it's called It's a Southern Thing, and they were going over which states are in the South and which <laughs> ones aren't. And it's funny that you bring up. And they said, and when they got to Missouri, and, oh, I knew it. Yep. So, um, so they got to Missouri, and they weren't sure. And they're like, and the, the the final verdict was like, ah, uh, well, they're in the SEC, so I guess they're in the South. I, they and people in Missouri do have they do have a Southern accent. They and do. It's funny because obviously they're north of the Mason Dixon line, but they're. There's something about Missouri that kind of makes it South and Midwest. And in a way, I think it used to be the West, right? Way, way, way back in the day. It was, that was the frontier, frontier, right? The gateway to the West is St. Louis. Right. And of course, in the SEC, what's really, really funny is that Mizzou is actually in the Eastern part, the Eastern division division within the Southeastern Conference, which is comical there's a reason for that and that because the when they added they had 12 and it was pretty split up really good i mean arkansas yep. lsu the mississippi yep. schools and the alabama schools were in the west it, it made sense how yep. they split it up but then they add two in the western part of the conference you had texas a&m in the west and you weren't going to put them in the east and then you have missouri <laughs> yep. here's what they need to do they need to rename the west the south that way, you don't be like, well, Missouri is more west than wherever, so why are they in the – if they rename them the south and the east, you just have to pretend Missouri's in the eastern part of the United States. And, and, yeah, and, <laughs> and forget that Florida is really, really south. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah It's just – it's it's a but, way – because if they think, went true east and west, the, right. the line would be right between Alabama and Auburn. So, it would yeah. be, and and you know that for financial reasons, you do not want them in East and West, right? Yep, yep. You uh, want that rivalry. Because here's the deal. Now, if you have, because some conferences have what they call a protected rival, where if you have two divisions, then it's guaranteed you play that opponent in the other division every year. Right now, exactly. Auburn and Georgia have that rivalry in the SEC. There's others in the, in the Big Ten um, and all that. But if you have Auburn and Alabama – as a protected rivalry. Now you don't get Alabama versus Tennessee. The third Saturday in October maybe doesn't happen every year like it has since who knows when. So now, yep. you know, now you get it's protecting the rivalries as much as you can and and hopefully and hopefully things things pan out. The weirdest thing if you, if I'm talking about college sports, I don't mind expansion. I don't mind conferences getting getting way, way out and expanding from Texas to Florida, whereas before it was Louisiana to Florida or whatever. You know, going to the East Coast for the Big Ten. The weirdest one is West Virginia playing in the Big Twelve. <laughs> it's just it's if you look at a map of the Big Twelve and 
the states that are highlighted, West Virginia looks like Hawaii over there compared to like the <laughs> continental, just a little island out in Morgantown, West Virginia is where these schools got to gotta travel to. Maybe they'll figure that out in the future and West Virginia will join another league and they'll figure things out in the middle of the United States, but... I don't think they're going to, right? It's going to be a money. It's only a money move, and that's the only reason Rutgers is suddenly part of uh, a conference that it kind of doesn't belong in, right? Rutgers has played well. They've been getting better at like basketball. They're they're really they're a top fifteen program in the nation right now. When we're oh, I mean geography wise. Yeah, I know. Not, not the Big Ten at least made sense. Commissioner Jim Delaney, when he talked about Maryland and Rutgers joining, he's like, we wanted schools that yes. touched other states that our conference, that schools in our conference were currently in. Case in point, Penn State, Pennsylvania touches Maryland, Pennsylvania touches New Jersey. So it's not like, you know, like the Big 12 where you got West Virginia way over here and, and all the other schools um, in a different part of the country. So I, That's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, I didn't I realize did. that they had said that. I did. They did. Yeah, they did at the time, which, which made sense. And when they added Nebraska, Nebraska touches Iowa. You know, so they're all kind of in conjunction um, with the, each other there. And, you know, yeah, when they expanded and they brought in Maryland and Rutgers, you know, you're bringing in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and New York City. Those are three large sets of eyeballs. So, <laughs> you know. So I guess S- the SEC could have easily had the same argument. They could say, well, we're bringing in Missouri. That touches Tennessee and Kentucky, two of our also touches Arkansas, yeah. and 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 Arkansas and Texas, of course, touches Arkansas yeah. and Louisiana. So, yep, every okay. other conference has the like out west in the Pac-12, right? Arizona and Colorado touch, not by much, and Utah, and you they added yep. Utah too, and Utah touches Colorado, and yes. that's fine. That's that's fine. I've never the only thing I really have a problem with the at the college level is West Virginia playing in the Big 12. But if you look at football, their their style of play kind of fits the league where they like to pass and they don't like to play defense. So, you know. Yeah. I guess and I think in the fit. and in the pros you kind of see most of the conferences and the divisions make sense except there's the NFC East where you have Philadelphia, New York, and Washington and then well, they've got this rivalry with Dallas, so let's keep the Cowboys in the That's East. That's the thing. You had Dallas and Washington have had this not it hasn't been much of a rivalry it seems as of late between uh the Cowboys and the old football team, but you know, that's it hasn't been they as couldn't much break that up. as of they late, but you break can't break up. that. That's a big that's a big rivalry. You can't break that it up. Is. And uh, it, it, there's, I, I wrote this down somewhere in one of my Google drives, and I don't remember where I saved it, but I did something where you like move the Carolina Panthers to the east, move the Cowboys to the NFC South, like you trade those two, and in the AFC, Indianapolis doesn't make sense in the South, mm-hmm. and then you got to move one to the north, so you just kind of move move some teams around. I always thought Indianapolis. Um, should be in the AFC North, and then maybe you move maybe Cincinnati or somebody to the AFC East, and then Miami goes to the AFC South, so you just get to play a game of musical chairs. <laughs> um, but then again, you're, get, you're getting rid of rivalries. You don't want to – I mean, the teams in the AFC North, I mean, they're all they're all pretty much rivals. You don't want to get rid of that. So, you know, you want to keep that's those the, teams in the same division. And that's the funny thing because Missouri and Texas A&M – went for the sec money right they gave up their rivalries and i i thought this was really interesting so they're trying they're really trying 
to make Missouri and Arkansas be rivals. The battle line and rivalry is what they're calling. Yes, it. yes. They're, they're, yeah, they gave it a name even, right? Yep. They really, yep. really tried. <laughs> and I, I think it's really funny because if you look at the rivalries, like one of my friends, he has two daughters, right? One of them went to Nebraska okay. for college. Yep. The other one went to Oklahoma for college, mm. and they were both involved with their schools, and uh, I went with my friend down to visit them, and it was hilarious because I didn't, I knew a little bit about who hates who and who likes whom, and it was really interesting because we went to Nebraska. They hate Oklahoma. I got something to Absolutely say about this. Absolutely hate them. Yep. We went to Oklahoma. All the people, they weren't even playing this team. But people wore T-shirts that said, I hate Texas, to an Oklahoma game. They weren't even playing Texas, but that's not the point. They hate them so much that that shirt is good all year round. It, it's not limited by the fact that we're playing this week. We hate them all the time. And the funny thing is, you go to Texas, and if you ask people in Texas, who do you hate? Well, they hated A&M. Yeah. So I think it's really funny how I hate you. And you're like, oh, but I, I hate them. And and then they go, oh, I don't hate any of you. I hate a different person. <laughs> but that's what, and makes, it's like, that's what that's makes sports great, especially the college sports, right, where you got the, yeah. kid, the, the the unique atmospheres and everything. I went to a gopher game against Rutgers back before they were rowing the boat. And, uh, and I went to a game, and on the way in and out of the stadium, who hates Iowa? We hate yeah. Iowa. Exactly. You know? So you've got that, and – Nebraska and Oklahoma, you bring those up. That was the big thing when Nebraska left the conference. They weren't talking about Kansas or Kansas State or Iowa State, Missouri. They're like even Colorado. They didn't really mention their rivalry with Colorado. They mentioned the Oklahoma. And then I remember, um, and I'm not sure, uh, athletic director was Tom Osborne at the time, their legendary head football coach. And he said, well, that rivalry kind of. Uh, came about when these two teams were playing for the Big 8 title every year, mm -hmm. 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's not really happening anymore. And I think it was almost a, a dig at, his, at saying, we need to get our act together and start <laughs> being better because we can't compete with Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I th that's true. They haven't really um, – those two teams and those two schools haven't really competed over anything in – you know, the, when did Nebraska leave? 2009. So they hadn't competed for anything. Remember, Oklahoma wasn't that good in the 90s, okay? And Nebraska right. was really good. So they mm -hmm. hadn't competed really over anything for 20 years or so. So that and Yeah, I think So that I was one's say, not I think as, they started hating Miami, right? You started to hate them. Yeah. So that's so that's not as not as big of a a thing anymore. So, you know, but but new rivalries um always form um out of this it's a shame texas and texas a&m don't play anymore they they really and that's more that deeper than just one team leaving there's there's a lot of bad feelings uh between mm -hmm. those two uh, a lot of bad feelings especially from texas a&m towards texas um hopefully that game will get put on you know kind of like you see florida and florida state yes. on the last weekend of the season um, you know, that could be one of those non-conference games played in front of a hundred thousand people at Jerry world, even though Arkansas and Texas A&M already play at Jerry world. Um, <laughs> why not just play every game and feature at Jerry world, right? Seems if like you ask Jerry, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he did say when I build this big, you know, the, what do they call it? The, when I build this giant stadium, I want something in it every day. That's what he said. I want some, an event 
every single it day. It seems like just football game after f- you've got, you know, you've got the Cotton Bowl every year. You've got, yep. seems like there's a playoff game there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got big reg- college regular season games at the beginning of the season. You've got the Cowboys, yes. uh, the Texas high school playoffs, state tournaments are played there. It's just like everything. I, everything. Have they and played I, and a, I, have they played a I final went, four there yet? They need to play a final four at AT AT&T stadium for sure. I don't see why you wouldn't. I I went there years ago and they showed pregame on their big jumbotron. They showed like an extended preview of avatar back when it came out and they showed it on this giant screen and I watched it and I was amazed. I thought, Oh my gosh, you could screen movies in here. That's how big, that screen is and how impressive it is. And I thought to myself, well, he said he wants something in here every day. He could show movies in here. And they had like a contest and the winners of the contest got to play like their Xbox games nice. on the, on the Jumbotron. Yep. And I don't even think Jumbotron, like you can fit a Jumbo, you can fit Jumbotrons in that thing. So yep. I, don't, I don't know if we have a word anymore for something that goes from like the 40 to the 40. That's just, that's or that's an insane. I size. would suggest Megatron, but that's been taken a couple of times already for other right. things. <laughs> you know, I and just because you know you might get the inclination that says, well, you know, we just need to go back to the way it was. We need to be more based on tradition. Not everything was all hunky dory back in the day. Remember, back in the day, Arkansas for college played in a conference called the Southwest Conference with a bunch of Texas schools. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is not in the southwest of anything, you know. Um, so that that didn't really make a lot of sense. You know, if I think southwest, I think Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, southern parts of Utah and Colorado. But I didn't think about Arkansas. So the southeastern conference makes more sense than the southwest conference for Arkansas. And maybe we tie it all back to where this topic began and we find a sponsor and we get rid of the names and we just call it like, the Discover Card Conference, and <laughs> you, you can put anybody you want in it. That's true. That's true. You know, I don't hate. Also, I don't hate the fourteen teams in the Big Ten. It, it, well, it depends on the day. Tuesdays and <laughs> Thursdays, I don't like it. Every other day is fine. I guess the only day that matters is Saturday, right? Um, Saturdays, I'm split. Maybe in the morning, it's something. In the afternoon, it's something else. But. Uh, I get why they do it. It's a marketing thing. And so they don't change it up, but here's the deal. And this is a million dollar idea. And you know, I'll charge my bank account, but um, the big North is what they should rename it. Mm. The big North. And then you can't have just rename the divisions of something. Remember when they were leaders and legends, you could go back to that, even though most people hated that and thought that was pretty corny, but um, the big North, then way you're not locked into a number. It can't be less corny than the current logo, right? Or the previous one where they hid the 11. The 11, and the 10, yep. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, come on. Come on. Like, you're admitting it. Look, you're admitting it. But the, admitting the Big Ten stuff. sounds, it rolls off the tongue. The Big 11? Eh, not so much, you know? I'm but what not... if it was the Discover Car Division? Maybe that's the way to go. That's uh boy, that is something else. That is something else. And we could talk to till we're blue in the face. Oh, did that already. But uh, you know, there's there's all kinds. You know, it's hard. It's hard to put all these teams in in all these all this area and have it make sense. 
because it's and that's what and that's what I came to expect when I heard West Virginia is going to play in the Big Twelve and it's going to be that doesn't make any sense. I was at first like, what are they doing? And then I'm like, you know what? I can't, I can't control. I, Never mind. You just learn. Yeah, you just learn not to not to think about it. You're like, you know what? These people are clearly doing it for financial reasons. I'm thinking of tradition and history and geography. None of that makes it a difference in any no. sport. So it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about cash. And but you know that's why they have the cash and we don't, right? I don't know. <laughs> yep, and that's why the NHL went with names that are based on companies plus 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 geography. They've kind of mixed it up. Exactly. So one so we are going to talk about one thing that goes with sports coming up in our next segment. Segment potato chips. Stick around. We're talking about sports and sports geography in our first segment of the program. And there are many, many great ways to enjoy a sporting event as it pertains to food. There is, oh man, there's so many good stuff. So many good foods when you're sitting down and watching the game. And uh, But there's one that's, you might call it a go-to. You might call it a go-to. <laughs> the potato chip. Don, there are a lot of different kinds of potato chips. And I'm going to start off the conversation by asking you, what is your favorite kind of potato chip? And there are many answers to this question, but there is one incorrect answer. Let's see. Oh boy. Let's see how you do it. What's your answer? I really enjoy when you just... The, and the reason I enjoy this is you can have some of it, but not too many. And to some degree, I like that because... It is very easy for me to sit down and eat an entire bag of something like Doritos Cool Ranch or Doritos Nacho Cheese. Yeah. So I really don't want to do that all the time because it's clearly not the way to go health-wise. So I'll do I'll dip into like one of those go-tos for me is the dill pickle flavored potato chip. And did I find it? No. Did you just say dill pickle? Yes. No. There are there how many flavors of potato chips are there? And Don, at the beginning of the segment, I said, there are many correct answers and there's one incorrect answer and you picked the one. I found you it. You picked the one. I did it. Dill pickle? Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like you get that little like, I don't know, you get that feeling in your jaw. And that makes you want to puke. Yeah, I know. Flavor. No, it makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me happy. And there, there are some that I can eat like a certain... Um, like amount of like I love barbecue but I Barbecue's don't want to eat like a whole bag of barbecue and that's a good thing you know after a while you're like okay I've had enough barbecue chips or I've had enough uh like the cheat there's the cheddar cheese flavored ones oh I love those too but yeah I think my favorite if I have to pick a favorite and I and let me tell you that if you went to like the cupboard and you checked I've got like four or five different flavors because I love to wander between them i don't like to have the same thing every night so if i'm in the mood and for different game days i'll do that or hard left 
I will go out and get pork rinds, which I also enjoy, barbecue or regular. Okay, so there, there's a lot of options here, and I I like a lot. I can't believe you said dill pickle. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, here's the thing. This is where we can work together because you don't want that dill pickle. If, 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 They're all yours, Don. Trust me. They're all yours. Right. When, when, they hear, when they hear our segment here and Old Dutch is like, hey, we appreciate these guys. And when they send us the, bo- the boxes and truckloads of chips, you, what flavor do I save for you? Because I, I, clearly I get to keep the <sighs> dill pickle. Which ones do I have to send your way? I like kettle chips. Kettle chips are pretty good. good. Um, uh, corn chips, like Fritos. Um, I, I like Jalapeno? Those. No, no. Too spicy. I'm not a spicy guy. Not a spicy okay. guy. Um, yeah. Uh, man, there's so many. Cheetos. Give me some cheese puffs. Uh, cheese puffs slash Cheetos. You know what I mean? Cheetos, that is the one chip you, you talk about there. There's a, it seems like on the back of a lot of chips, you bet you can't eat just one. Um, but <laughs> Cheetos is the one. It is very difficult for me to put down Cheetos. That is, that is what, that's, that's my weakness is, is Cheetos. And Doritos is kind of in the same ballpark. I, kettle chips are really good. Uh, but, but Cheetos, man, that's, that's gotta be, gotta be the one that you just, you just can't, you can't put down i used to like sour cream and onion chips and then you know it's one of those things you ever have things uh, for foods where you like them or don't like them when you're younger and then your your opinion about them flips at a certain it's funny how with age your taste buds can change mm-hmm. and for that was for me that was sour cream and onion chips you used to eat them a whole ton when i was a kid and now no i'm not i'm not a sour Sour cream guy, not an onion guy. I do like sour cream on like a taco um, or something, but totally different. It's like I'll eat mustard on a burger, but if you give me like mustard for dipping sauce or just mustard on the side, no way. Not going there. It's different. Put tomato. I'll eat a tomato on a burger, won't eat a tomato on the side. And the craziest thing is uh, years and years ago, I went to visit my friends in Canada and we went grocery shopping. Which I highly recommend. I highly recommend going grocery shopping in a region or country that you're not familiar with because you'll see it. I mean, I took some friends from Germany through the grocery aisle. And in Germany, they don't have like a grocery aisle. They have a grocery – I'm sorry, a cereal aisle. They have a cereal section but not the whole aisle. And they're like, oh my gosh. They could not believe how many forms of cereal we have, and they're fascinated by things like Captain Crunch. What is this? That's they, weird I mean, that you mentioned that because I saw a clip from a stand-up comedy special. Was it on Netflix? <laughs> uh, I think it was a. It was he was a. He was an Indian man, and okay. he mentioned the same thing: the cereal aisle. How? <laughs> you know, he's just like you can. You can do this and this, uh, you're, or no, it was the other way around. Like you can't do this and you can't do that, but you can have a whole aisle of cereal. Like how does that work? It's crazy, and they were shocked by that. So we're going through the through the store, and we we end up there. Like, hey, we're gonna pick up some snacks. What do you think? And there were some different snacks, but I couldn't believe it. There were potato chips, made by Lay's. The flavor, ketchup. What? How's that work? Exactly. That was my reaction. I was like, what? And my friend said, what do you mean? And I was like, 
I've never seen ketchup flavored potato chips. I was like, what is this? He goes, what do you mean you haven't seen this? He was as shocked as I he, he couldn't believe I didn't know. Like I was asking, what is this? And he's saying, what do you mean? It was as common as air. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I've never seen that. He goes, well, wait, don't you put ketchup on French fries? And don't you put it on hash browns and uh, all kinds of other potatoes? And I thought, oh, my gosh, we do. We put ketchup on any form of potato, whether it's a, a dinner or breakfast. We still people put ke- there's ketchup on a breakfast table solely to put it on hash browns. How about right? this? How about this? Are you in the mid? We were talking in our last segment about the Midwest. One Midwestern thing is we put ranch on everything. Are you a ranch on everything guy? I will put ranch on just about everything. I'm also a person that will put cheese or nacho cheese or cheddar cheese also on everything. Like potato is good, but a potato with a little with some butter inside and then you bury that underneath some a little bit of sour cream or better yet, bury it under some cheese. I am happy. I'm also happy to mix it up and you know if I don't want to have that same thing and I want I still got I still want to make a potato, cover it with like barbecue sauce. Again, not typical, but it's like that's what people dip their stuff into. It's not that crazy, but these they were great. By the way, the potato chips were fabulous, and it's a common flavor. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, you're not going to find that in stores here, but they were made by Lay's, so it wasn't like I was finding some obscure brand that was somehow a niche. It was a major company. What about you? Ranch on everything? Ranch. Do you dip, I... do you dip pizza slices in ranch? I've nope. seen little kids doing this. I'm not a ranch guy. I used to have ranch on every salad I had. Back ranch that falls into that category, like sour cream and onion chips, that something I liked a lot back in the day, but something I won't go near now. I have broadened my horizons, I guess, in terms of salad dressing, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a ranch guy. I am just not ranched. I am not I'm not there um in terms of dipping stuff. Dipping, ketchup, barbecue sauce. And others, but not not ranch. Not is ranch. there is there now on on your barbecue spectrum? So two years ago went down to Memphis, which if you like barbecue is a very good idea. I just want to say before you continue, this is oh man this uh, this segment this idea is a bad idea when you're hungry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I'm not a big mustard guy. Okay. So for me, I got to be careful when I get my barbecue because I do love barbecue sauce, most flavors. I don't want it too spicy, but I don't mind anything in the spectrum. I'm not a big mustard barbecue sauce guy, which I, I, I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, me neither. Have you? So you said you went to Memphis to have some barbecue. Obviously, Kansas City is the is the king when mm. it pertains to barbecue, but. Here and you're you you're kind of familiar with the Dakotas. If you're ever in the area of a little town called Fargo, um, in the summertime, hopefully next summer, um, this summer I should say whatever summer you you get the idea. Um, in July I believe July August sometimes there's a festival called Rib Fest in the parking lot park. I think it's the parking lot of the Fargo Dome. And it's great. That's where I saw Smash Mouth, by the way, in concert. Was that Rib Fest? <laughs> um, anyway, you've got ribs from all over the country, from Kansas City, Memphis, from, from everywhere. Ooh. Every kind of rib and barbecue 
Ribfest in Fargo, North Dakota. It was a it was a great time. Sat down, got to have some ribs, walked around, um, had a good time, and in the end of the day, got to see uh, got to see Smash Mouth. So it was a good. How day. full? How full were you? That must have been a very happy full. Very full, but it's it's not cheap. I'll say to have all the barbecue you want. So, <laughs> um, so make sure your stomach is empty, but your wallet is full. And at the end of the day, those two things will flip flop. Your stomach will be full, and your wallet will be empty. Yeah, and I think I had the funniest thing where I went down to Texas, and in the Dallas airport. There was a barbecue place, and I thought, you know what? I'll try that. And Dickie's Barbecue. Yep. I, I didn't know they were a chain. I saw them. At, the first time I saw them was in the airport. So I got back to Minnesota and said, they're like, oh, they're that's a franchise. I was like, what? They're here? Yeah. And they're also delicious. So, and they don't have, you don't have to get the mustard barbecue sauce. You can just get the regular or the spicy, and they're both delicious, and they make a ton of good food. And yeah, I guess uh, maybe 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 I'm hungry too. At least <laughs> you've really got me. I'm getting. We got to power through. We got it. like we, seven or eight minutes to go. We can we make do. it. <laughs> we can make it. We can make it. And I know that like so one of my deck. So so do you do? Because I have no idea. Do you ever do anything decadent? Like for me, every now and then, I'll get like the big. The, the I'll get a container of like the nacho cheese or the cheddar cheese that you can heat up in the microwave and then I'll pour it on top of burritos that are cheddar cheese flavored or nacho cheese. So I go all in. Do you ever do anything like that? Do you have any? the only thing I'm pretty, I guess I'm pretty tame when it comes to things like that. The only thing that I will probably do, and this probably isn't even that big of a deal. I'll dump Parmesan cheese on pizza mm. Mm. and just let it melt. And you know, not like, like the, the, you know, the kind you get in a bottle, you know, the, the, the grated kind that you put yeah, on spaghetti. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. dump that, dump that on a, on a pizza and, uh, and call it good. So I will uh, throw that. I will sometimes throw the Parmesan cheese into potato and then I'll layer it with more cheddar cheese. And my daughter loves to put cheddar cheese on her pizza. So okay. like extra, so yeah. you can't keep the, 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 you can't keep the, you can't keep cheese in the house too long when. Because a pizza takes up a good amount of cheese, and they're already cheesed, so I, she has to go extra cheesy. And I always think to myself, "Man, that's amazing!" Like, but that cheese could go on other things. That's what I end up thinking. That cheese could have went on like bread, or in a potato, or with some pasta. But that's that's happens to be where but it's her cheddar cheese pizza. Goes. And pizza, I know, is pizza the best food ever? Like. I, I don't know if this is just oh, a yeah. recent revelation, but man, I just, man, do I adore pizza. Like, it's got to be because now, nowadays, we even have this cauliflower pizza where they've, they've found a way to like take vegetables and not only do you have like zoodles or whatever they're called where they take like cucumbers and turn them into noodles, but mm-hmm. now we have pizza that's made where the, where the cauliflower crust, I, people are saying this stuff is amazing. I haven't tried it yet. But I'm kind of tempted, and especially now that I'm hungry, I'm really thinking about it more than I should. But the, I think we even have that going on, which is pretty unbelievable. That is that is unbelievable. I I love pizza. So, and if you are a pizza concierge, um, and, connoisseur, and a, connoisseur, yeah, I don't I don't know. 
I'm getting all weird in French right Concierge, now. Concierge, so. it sounds like you're ordering me a pizza. Let's do that. I like that. <laughs> but um, pizza reviews, one bite pizza reviews. Um, if you've ever heard of it, you know it's done by Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy. Goes all across the country to all these places, and he reviews pizza. And there's an app called One Bite Pizza. One Bite Reviews, One Bite Pizza, or just One Bite, something like that, where you can rate it yourself, and you can compare it against his reviews. I will spend sometimes hours on YouTube just watching pizza review after pizza review after pizza review. And it's it's and it's really cool because he stands outside the place. He eats a pizza, eats a pizza, the... The tagline is one bite, everybody knows the rules. So you take one bite, even though they always take more than one bite. You're supposed to stick <laughs> one bite and then judge it, zero to ten, um, what the pizza is, what the what the rating of the pizza is. He went to, um, for those local listeners here in Minnesota, he's he's gone to Cassetta's um, in St. Paul he was, when he was here for the Super Bowl. Went to Cassetta's, <clears throat> downtown St. Paul, and he went to um, Certainly Brewing Company, which was an odd second choice. But uh, I, I guess he gave him a pretty good score. Um, I I know some people that were mad that Sir Lee's was struggling because they said it's a great place to get pizza. It is, and I didn't. Re- I have never been there. I've lived in the area here for a few years now, and it's just we've been to breweries, we've been to pizza places, just has never been to Surly. You know, it is in Minneapolis, and we don't make our way out of the suburbs very often. Um, is there the is there a list of places that you should have been to? but you have not been to yet locally here. Oh gosh. I don't know. Um, I got to get to know. I would like to once the one day I'd like to go out East and just, you know, people just drool and rant and rave over New York, New York style pizza, right? New mm-hmm. York, right? That's, 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 that's the Mecca, right? And I have pizza that I think is good here. And I'm like, Oh, that was a really good pizza. I ordered it from just down the street at wherever. But New York, they say, is on a completely different level of pizza. I want to taste that completely different. I've been to Chicago. I made the mistake. I don't know if you want to call it a mistake, but I had Chicago-style pizza at Giordano's, which we've come to find out is a chain, kind of like the story with with you and Dickie's Barbecue. But at the time, Bridget and I, we didn't know, oh, Giordano's, that looks uh, pizza pizza, you know. Uh, That looks, you know, like it's it's a... You'll find a couple of Italian guys whipping around some dough in the back. You know, it seems like a seems like a home home style kind of place. Yeah, and it was a chain, but I kind of like that it was a chain because there is a Giordano's here locally that uh, have that Chicago style pizza. But, uh, but that's and how know, do you like that? How do you like that Chicago? Do you I like, like it, that man. Deep it dish? is it is fill. I love it. It is filling. It is you always have leftovers and a one piece. If you're even a big eater, one piece, and you'll be pretty close to full. I it's think like the, the rich fudge yes. cake of pizza. I think the most of Chicago-style pizza I could ever eat would probably be two pieces, and then and then you're done. But I love how you can stretch the cheese up really high and mm. and all that stuff. And they, they were they were. I remember we went there and we were they were we were pretty packed in there with a lot of other people, and it was an interesting experience, um, no doubt about that in in Chicago. So so that was interesting, but. Uh, want to have that new york style pizza um that's that's just ah yeah it's gotta have it one day one day i'll make it out there and and one day i'll make the trek to have to have this have this pizza and then we're gonna find out whether or not chicago can beat new york 
when it comes to the pizza war. Yeah, I. It's would you say it's hard to compare because they're so different, right? <laughs> Chicago is more the deep dish style. Oh yeah, and New York is a little bit different. So is yep. it, is it comparing to apples to oranges? Or are you just going to crave one versus the other? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's that's a very good question. I kind of like get you can have... snack on chips or you could snack on pork rinds. They're not. They're kind of in the same category, but they're not comparable. That's right. You could. Yeah, you could have. That's true. Yeah, Chicago. I have yet to have New York, so it's hard for me. That's why I said. Uh, that's why I say. Oh, I don't really know because I haven't had New York style pizza. Um, so until I do, then I'll be able to make a decision. But I love. The, I'm from Wisconsin. I love cheese, and there's so much cheese on Chicago style pizza. Right? You you lift it up. And that's a good thing. You get the big string of cheese. So maybe and one th- of my one of my favorite pizza flavors. So one day I went to Byerly's. They had a deal: buy one pizza, get one free. So I stopped in, and they have a flavor from Lotsa Lotsa. Yep. So, again, that's not a bad name, right? Lots of cheese. That's good. It was cheese fries flavored pizza. That's That sounds good because I love cheese. Everybody, everybody I told this to were skeptical, and I said, you need to try it because it was really more of a garlic cheese flavor. Okay. And I got to tell you. It's so good. If you can find that flavor, highly recommend it. If uh, if you're if you don't want to have, I mean, obviously a meat lovers pizza is my favorite pizza. Oh, we me talk too. About what's your favorite? Yeah. I love the meat lovers. I'll go Hawaiian. That's okay by me. I'm not going to want a lot of vegetables on my pizza. That's why they make salads. But uh, the the cheese, it's like it's almost like a garlic butter cheese. That's on it. And there's no way it's good for you. No way it's good for you at all. And that's how good it is, is that you know that this is not good for you. And it's delicious, not nutritious, but that's my go-to. Do you have a favorite, like, home take-and-bake flavor of pizza? Because for me, it's the lots of matzo. I haven't had a lot. Well, oh, boy. Uh, we have a Papa Murphy's just down the street, which is very good. You know, I can't say I'm that well-versed on the take-and-bake. I had pretty low expectations. How about uh, frozen? Frozen, yeah. See, the, DiGiorno is good. Anything stuffed crust. Oh, man. I, um, DiGiorno is good. Tombstone is good. You know, then, then you get into, like, the Jacks and the Roma, which are really cheap. <laughs> yes. Um, I had, What's I, your take on those? Oh, my gosh. College me, I would say these are great. It's a, what, a $3? four dollar pizza oh my yeah. gosh it's a meal for four bucks this is great this is gonna you almost have to fold it in half and make yeah. a sandwich right i know it's... <laughs> it's yeah i had man oh so many oh, what Roma is it pizzas. tony's right is it tony's tony's is one another of them one. one of them has like uh i really enjoy that it's the sauce it's not it's clearly not a normal tomato it's more like a chef boyardee sauce where you're like i know this is not a legitimate spaghetti sauce but i do enjoy like the every now and then to get that super cheap pizza but it has a different kind of sauce and maybe there's something in that sauce that makes it addicting maybe there's like the equivalent of you know nicotine or something that really makes you want to crave that stuff i i I, that's one of that i have made i have not purchased those in a while because i did go down the lots of matzo chain and loaded up the freezer 
I have, I guess I should have that next time too. So to kind of wrap things up and to kind of bring things full circle, have you ever had dill pickle chips with your pizza? I have not tried that combination. It might be worth a try. (laughs) I think, I think I, you know, there is, there was this one play with toppers. I've had them. They're kind of expensive. They are. They're kind of expensive, but they, I, I didn't, when they first, when I first ran into one, I didn't realize that their name had some significance. In other words, you were getting like toppings that were really good. Yeah. Cause I, that's what blew me away is I think they had some, some combination. I don't remember what it was anymore. It wasn't like a chicken Alfredo, but it was some kind of different topping that was amazing. I truly enjoyed it. And I was like, th- I w- there was a little bit of sticker shock, but the, the it was delicious. And I, because I struggle with how are they around? Because anybody can make pizza, and it doesn't be expensive. And yeah, you can splurge on them and an amazing pizza every now and then. But do you? I haven't quite figured that one out. Pizza, chips. I'm hungry. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am very, very hungry right now. <laughs> well done, another um, fantastic conversation. This is this one has got to rank up there. Six episodes in the books, um, but we got through it. We got through a conversation about chips and pizza with dinner in the background at both locations where this podcast is, is being, being recorded. Made. That's right. <laughs> All right. So now I think I think we can uh, – did, 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 did they hear the timer go off? Is it time to open the oven and pull out dinner? It's time, to, it's time to eat. It's time. This like one's a, done. Like Ezekiel Elliott, it's time to eat. <laughs> All right. We got to go. <laughs> we'll see you next time. We'll end with that. <laughs>